So, uh, hey, we're in a new series today, a Christmas series called Christmas Council. Christmas Council. A little bit of learning as we walk through the Christmas story, all right? So today we're going to be learning from Joseph, and next week from the wise men, and then the week after... <clears throat> don't worry, it'll come around. And then a week after, uh, in the Christmas Eve service, we'll be learning from uh, Mary and the shepherds, all right? So just putting it all together, some things we can learn perspective-wise from those walking through the Christmas story. So today, we're going to be learning from Joseph. I thought the best way to get it started was, let's just make sure we grasp the viewpoint of Joseph in the story. Let me tell the story from Joseph's viewpoint, all right? Imagine you're the guy going through what this story is talking about. Kind of something like this. You know, I read Isaiah over and over. I mean, we've been taught it since we were little. Isaiah. And and I know what that book means. God has salvation for us. That's what it means. Salvation from God. Isaiah. And, and so, yeah, we read that book and we know that book. It was written 700 years before today and day after day and year after year and century after century, we waited for that answer and there was no answer and we were taken captive and we had 400 years of silence and no savior. And, uh, I'll tell you, we know that book. Well, I know that book well, and well, Then there's Mary. I love that little girl. I started to get to know her. And as I talked with the father and he said, hey, this is available. Let's arrange this. I'm like, done. That would be perfect. And so as we set things up and figured out what it would mean to be betrothed for that year, that's what we do. Betrothed. It means a year of commitment where I stay in my parents' house and she stays in her parents' house. And we promise to each other, and then we prove our faithfulness, betrothed. And so we were betrothed to one another, and every day setting up and thinking about what it would be like to be with her and to be married, and and I was so hopeful there was no one like her, I'll be quite frank. And uh, I had a lot of hope in her. And then, well then, then one day she came to me with her father and a little bit of explanation. Her statement was, um, I'm with child, Joseph. I can't even begin to explain to you how everything in me sunk. How, How I was devastated, angry, not even beginning to willing to hear it. And then she says this, but the baby's from God. Please, do I look that stupid? Is somebody putting a tag on me somewhere? Give me a break. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of talks with her father and I saw eye rolling. He wasn't buying it either. And, uh, we were all kind of questioning in those moments what's going on. And, uh, let me tell you in the betrothal period where you're supposed to be proving your faithfulness, she did nothing of the kind. And, uh, I had every right under law to hurt that woman. I had every right to, quite frankly, even have her stoned if I so desired. But that's not what I wanted to do. I still love that woman. And so my plan, well, to try to put her away quietly. Make sure she's cared for, but make sure she's away from me 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I need that girl distant. No more pain. And I'll set her aside quietly. I'll make sure she's covered. And then we're done with this. That's what I'll do. That decision did not set well with me. And I couldn't explain why. And uh, there was a lot of emotion roaring. And I just said, you know what? Maybe I need to sit down and do some considering. Maybe I need to do a little more thinking on and praying over. I don't know why it's not settling because that's a really nice thing that I just decided. So, well, so I sat down and I prayed a bit more and thought a bit more and I fell asleep. In the middle of the night, I'm not kidding you now, in the middle of the night, an angel in the midst of my dream, like boom, and man, the whole room lit up and he's talking to me with such authority and such power and such glory. And I'm telling you, it was not what I ate the night before an angel. And his statement simply was this have no fear. You can marry her. It's okay. The story of the little ones from God, it's real. In fact, more than that, the Holy Spirit is the Father, and check this out, you shall name him Jesus, Savior. All of a sudden, it all started roaring back in my head to the book of Isaiah, to the story of hope, to a Savior that was coming, to one born to a virgin. It's Mary. I was about ready to ditch her, man. And instead, this is God's mighty answer for the universe. I'm in. I mean, I'm so in. And uh, as I woke up, I decided it was time to show Mary I was so in. And so what it would look like is a betrothal period for a year. Forget that. I'm marrying her now. This is my wife. And I will cover her. And so we married and I brought her in the house and, and she was, I cared for her and that's it. We did not sleep together. We did not do that. This was protecting this woman and the little one inside and all that God had planned. May God be glorified and, and others may speak and I don't care. And they may roll their eyes and say, I don't believe you in this whole God thing. Too bad for you because that's What happened? My Mary and my God and my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm in. That's the Christmas story from Joseph's viewpoint. As we see it in Matthew chapter 1. Why don't you turn with me there? Matthew 1 verse 18. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. And uh, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We're going to walk verse by verse through the end of this chapter. Just keep your hand raised. They'll get to you, okay? Matthew 1, 18 to the end. And uh, some things we can learn, all right, from Joseph. Number one, uh, remain true to your God regardless of the circumstances. Remain true to your God regardless of the circumstances. That's point number one. No matter how bad it looks, can you imagine? Joseph, humiliated and embarrassed and dissed on to the ultimate maximum. And uh, remain true to your God in the midst of that, all right? Uh, Verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of who? Jesus Christ, 
Notice it doesn't just say Jesus, but it puts the word Christ after it. Hear me, the Messiah, Savior. That's what the name Jesus means. Jesus, it means Savior. When he was talking with Joseph and making clear the angel, he was making clear that this one would save, right? It says, now the birth of Savior Messiah, Jesus Christ, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Uh, when his mother Mary, now it's really important because if you look at the genealogy before it, he's making it clear, through Mary... Through Mary, we have Jesus coming into this world, right? And and not through Joseph. Now, we talked about this last week. For those of you who are visiting with us, you can go back and listen to last week's message if you want. But we were walking through Romans chapter 5. And it's talking about through Adam came sin and condemnation and death. And, and to each of us, every human being. And the importance of this story of Jesus Christ is that it was not a man that brought about the flesh for Jesus Christ, it was the Holy Spirit. Because that stops the condemnation and sin from Adam. And it brings in the perfection of God Almighty. Jesus Christ, the God-man, who was and is and is to come, and he takes on flesh that is perfect as the Holy Spirit is daddy. And a big deal. She was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. There is not a lot of detail about how she was found to be with child. Can you imagine how that went down? Look, I have no idea how that went down and what exactly happened and who she told first and when dad found out. Like, I've got a daughter who's 14, almost 15, and another one who's 17. This story wouldn't float well. Do you know what I'm saying? And you're like, good try. I believe God's a miracle worker. Honey, you better be praying for one. (laughs) Right? I can't even imagine the conversation as it came down. And it says she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And I love this. Um, Very clear, very early on, this woman is chaste, sweet, and honest and sincere. And really, seriously, from the Holy Spirit, God's doing an amazing work in this world. And, uh, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and, an, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He had every option available to him, including stoning. He could have gone for the biggest of the big. He could have gone for massive public separation. He could have protected his character at the highest levels. And instead, he chose to protect hers. Are you hearing me? Just, yeah, I'm going to care for you, but I'm going to do what's right. Unwilling to put her to shame and says, I'm going to work with her and I'm going to work in this situation. Uh, wow. He resolved to divorce her quietly. How often we're in a situation and the stuff that's coming down, whatever it is, there seems to be a fairly obvious first step. Joseph got to this decision pretty quickly. And as he maybe even got some counsel from friends, he certainly got to this position. Uh, We're done with this. No more walking all over me. Uh, Unfaithfulness has been found. We're done. And I'll make right on that, maybe a little more gently, but it's going to be made right. Uh, He made a decision quickly and yet said, God, may you be master over all of this. I'm going to follow through with you and I'm going to make sure you have it all covered. And uh, 
and how easy it is for us as we get into our circumstances to uh, see it through human eyes, to see it through worldly eyes, to see it in the moment, and as everyone else would see it, hear me, God's hand is moving in your life. What's he doing? Where's he working? What's he calling upon you to be faithful to him with? What's God asking you to hear and listen to? I mean, I look at the people who have lost, let's just start with the small automobiles in the parking lot during the tornado, right? Or people who've all the way up to losing homes and everything. People whose marriages are currently on the rocks. In this room right now, there is heartache in that area. Or our family is busting up and our kids are messing up and it's killing me. And what's God calling you to do to remain faithful to him in midst of circumstances you never wanted? Trust me, when Joseph woke up the day he found her to be with child, he was not thinking, this is exactly the circumstance I was hoping to be in today. Right? And uh, where are you at? And what circumstance are you in that you were not hoping to be there, but this is what God has sovereignly ordained. And now it's time to walk through that he might get the greater glory. Make sure that you are just. Make sure that you are willing to not shame others. Make sure that you are longing for your God to be glorified in your life. And let's watch what God has to do in your trauma. Maybe it's in your joy, the circumstance you're sitting in. In your situation, may God be made much of. Amen? Following the example of Joseph and the tough circumstances we find ourselves in. Number two, look for his leading in the midst of trial. Look for his leading, God's leading in the midst of trial. And um, this is such a big deal. Joseph's first decision was to put her aside. That was his own personal leading. Maybe even some counsel from friends. Now he's looking for God's leading. It starts out in verse 20, but as he considered these things, man, let that phrase settle as he considered these things, you see the best decisions are made when you actually use your head, right? We often make decisions by using our emotions by what feels right. And oh no, you didn't man. And I'm going to bring back on you what Trust me, that'll almost never get it done well. I love that even after he had made a decision to put her away quietly, he considered these things. What an awesome example of putting the brain in gear, of thinking about what God might be accomplishing, of longing to hear what God has to say about it. Isn't it amazing that that's often when God meets us? Like when we're actually in the moment of contemplating what God might want done and what he might be doing and how could he have allowed and what maybe should I and here's the steps and pro con list and uh, right and what's God wanting done and verses and and then he presses in. This is what I'm thinking right here. This is where I'm headed. So important for us as we're going through things to consider these things to prayerfully bring it before your God to have your brain engaged. It's pretty easy to have our emotions engaged, isn't it? Isn't it? Don't leave me up here hanging, isn't it? It's not just me, right? It's easy to, we get in the midst of something and we're like, oh, whatever. 
There's something in you that so riles up and you can so defend yourself well, can't you? And, uh, but what about seeing it through God's eyes as he considered these things? Praise God. As he considered these things, behold, hey, a uh, little newsflash. When you see the word behold, you need to stop and go, check this out. Something big's going to happen. All right. Behold. It also means very unusual. Like this is unusual. Big deal. Right. And uh, it's a big deal. As we read it, we need to be able to say, this is unusual. If we don't say it, we start thinking norm. This is the out of the norm. But so this is unusual. I'm going to need to hear you say this is unusual. Just a second. When I get to the word behold, you ready? But as he considered these things, behold, I agree with you. This is unusual. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And he spoke to me and it wasn't the bad pizza that I had. And the angel was really speaking and uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. Why is that a big deal? He just got done going in one through 17, all the genealogy up through David. And he's saying, hear me, Joseph was from the lineage of David as well. And yet only asked to caretake over Jesus, not be the actual fleshly father of The Holy Spirit, fleshly father, Joseph, caretaker, and yet still son of David in the throne line lineage. Wow. Okay, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's one of those moments where Joseph is like, he must have said it at least 50 times temper tantrum style. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Sure. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Uh Uh-huh. Can't believe she's asking me to believe. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, do not fear. The little one is conceived by the Holy Spirit. You are kidding me. Right? Okay. Apparently, I need to be buying into this. And uh, the glory and the authority of the angel making clear. Do not fear. To take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Do not fear. Why? Because Joseph was concerned about wronging his God. That's why. He was considering these things and saying, Lord, I want to honor you. And what is most honoring as I deal with this unfaithful heart? Joseph, she's not unfaithful. Care for her. And have no fear for what God thinks. And quite frankly, don't even give it a thought what other people think. You take that woman as your wife. Command. All right? It says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Savior. That's what Jesus means. Savior. You shall call him Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of a sudden, Isaiah starts booming in his ears. This little one born of a virgin savior and he's going to save his people from their sins. And man, this is sounding familiar. I'm getting some hope now. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah 7, 14 being quoted here. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel. With Anu, us, El, 
is God. Im Anu El. With us is God through Jesus Christ. Savior. He will save his people from their sins. Joseph, this is not some ploy to get out of a sin that she's been invested in. This is the salvation of all nations. This is the hope of all hopes. This has been what the book has promised in Isaiah from 700 years ago. And you, you aren't being dissed on. You are being asked to participate with the almighty king of the universe. Praise be to God. Joseph, have no fear. Take her as your wife and be in. Joseph considered these things and he looked for direction along the way. Joseph longed to know what God's thoughts were and then he heard them. Praise be to God. And uh, you know, God leads today as well. And uh, we need to be pretty careful how we talk about that. But God leads. And I just wrote this down. Uh, top six ways God communicates with us today. Top six ways that God communicates with us today. Number one, through the word of God. Through his Bible. Always. Everybody just say always. Always through his word. All right. There is never a time where God is choosing not to communicate through his word. I'm telling you his word applies. There is principle. You do want to know his thoughts. The king has written a letter to make clear what he wants done. May we always see what he has to say in his word. Number one, always through his word. Make sure we're there. Number two, through the direction of leaders. God uses leadership. Romans chapter 13, 1 and 2, pretty clear to it. It says, every authority instituted by God. Every authority instituted by God. Really? Every. Yeah, every. President Obama and his whole thing. Every. President Bush and his whole thing. Every. Both sides? Does that even make sense? Those are two different parties with very different... Every. Got at work. And, and man, it's, we are in a great country where we are allowed to have a voice and a thought through our vote. Praise God. Feel free to vote on that, okay? But please do this. Make sure you understand that whoever wins, God instituted that, that uh, party. Do you understand? Big deal. That we spend time honoring our God and his leadership. And uh, Well, what about uh, in my workplace? My boss? You don't know my boss, dude. I don't think God instituted him. And uh, every... And uh, my parents, every and, uh, pastorship and eldership in the church, every, right? And so may we hear from God and his leadership. Look, if, if leadership is leading you into sin, they're done. You don't need to listen to that, all right? Our job is to listen to them as to the Lord. And so our job is to be glorifying him as they glorify God so you follow them. Bottom line is if they're calling you to sin, you're done. You don't have to be doing that. But I'm telling you, If they're calling you to something subjective and their leadership, you need to hear from them. Okay? Leadership. God's directing through leadership. If you feel God's telling you to do something and it's against the leadership you're working with, you got a problem. That's a real problem. Okay? Enough said. Number three, uh, top ways God communicates. Wise biblical counsel. Uh, A friend who knows the word. This is very common, right? That we get to talk to people 
who uh, know what's going on and they get the word and they can give you an insight. You're like, I don't even know where to look. I don't know what applies from God's word. And, and so you talk to a friend who's got it going on in that area and they share with you and they bring you to bear with something and you now get God's word in a better way. And uh, it's not God's word directly. In that case, it was a friend who knew God's word. Well, praise God for that. All right. And uh, so that's number three, wise biblical counsel, very common. Now we start to get down into the, just the common. Uh, circumstances, open doors and closed doors. God directs through that, all right? He's making clear on things. There's times where he'll make it painfully clear with a closed door and 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 and then one open door. That's common. There's times where that happens. Not every time. There's times where you have multiple open doors or different choices you have to be looking at, but God does make clear through circumstances. He does communicate by what he makes available and unavailable. Be looking at those, all right? And... uh, Number five, uh, advice that's not from the word, but it's not contradicting the word. Like practical advice, uh, good, thoughtful advice. You know, when we were walking through how to do some things with um, helping out in the tornado here, we talked to a lot of organizations, uh, including Red Cross and AmeriCorp and others that maybe not as gospel driven, but they've got good practical advice on how to help in these situations. And hearing from people that's good practical things, if it contradicts scripture, you're done. You don't listen to that. But where it makes sense and it can align with scripture, maybe God's giving you an extra level of insight. All right. And uh, you might label that a bit uncommon, right? That might be a little bit uncommon. I'm going to the people that maybe don't even know Christ and God's directing through them to lead me. Maybe a little less common there. Okay. Be careful. Don't be running around looking for the pragmatic advice from the world to be God's lead for you. Uh, that's a bad, I would say that's a bad plan. Uh, I would agree with you. All right. So it's one of, it's not the main. All right. And then the last one from the Holy spirit to my spirit, from the Holy spirit to my spirit. Let's just say it this way. Uh, behold, like that's unusual, right? When you get this screaming voice, uh, this angel in a dream, please come and talk to me. Let's just talk a little bit. I want to make sure we process that through. I'm telling you that should not be a regular set of events. If the only way God's leading you is by your own personal somehow interaction with God where he was spoken to or impressed upon you in some, and that's the only way you're getting led all the time and, and forget leadership and forget the word of God and forget advice from others, man, I'm worried. Okay. And a lot of people walk that way. It's a very subjective walk. Please be careful. Please make sure you listen to your God. He's talking. Are you hearing from him? How often we blame God as we describe our own personal emotions and say, God told me to, right? Be careful with that. Okay. So simple statement, simple challenge. Uh, How you doing with listening? Those are six ways, right? God's word, uh, direction from leadership, wise biblical counsel, circumstances that direct, uh, advice that's not contradicting the word and, and the Holy Spirit impressing. And uh, man, if we're listening, God's directing. And uh, isn't it true that often our problem is we're not listening? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this happens in your home, but man, we're in a mode right now where often as we speak to each other, we have to say the same thing twice. Because the first time you said it, the person wasn't listening and you didn't actually say, hey, can I have your attention for a second? Or could I talk to you, please? Or could I, we just start talking and they're busy. And uh, we have one major distraction in the home. I'm just going to say right now, candy crush. (laughs) 
I don't know what's with that game. I think it should be called Cocaine Crush. Right? I have yet to have touched the game only because I've seen everyone else fall to the disease of it. And uh, so we have those in our home who have that going on and uh, had set it down for a time. And it's just amazing the distraction that comes with whatever you're in. And all of a sudden you're so focused on it that you don't hear anything around you. And man, does that describe your spiritual walk with Christ? Where you're so focused on what you're doing and so about whatever's going on and God's talking with you. And you're not listening and you don't hear his word and you don't hear counsel of friends and you don't hear leadership and you don't even see the circumstances ahead of you. You're just in tune with your feelings and you're like this and how often we miss out on hearing what God actually has in store. Remember Joseph's feelings were put her away. God had a message and it was very other. And uh, what circumstance are you in? What situation are you in where it's time to stop being so distracted? It's time to put down the candy crush and hear from those around you. It's time to put down the distractions of job or work or family or whatever, Christmas shopping, whatever. The the kindest and, and nicest of things could be a horrific distraction. Be careful. Make sure you're hearing from God in everything. All right? And then we can take our steps with him. All right. Number three, wisely and confidently follow your God. Wisely and confidently follow your God. This is an awesome close to the passage. Listen to this. When Joseph woke from sleep, think about how you'd respond. You've been against this whole storyline. You fell asleep and there was a dream of an angel speaking to you and telling you it's all cool. Now you can marry her. When you woke from your sleep, It doesn't say that he went to sleep again and said, God, you're going to have to do that one again. I got to see two for two or I'm not going with it. Like, I'm just not sure I can, right? Like, there's a way you start getting used to listening to God where you know it's his voice. Are you hearing me? Where you know he's pressing in. You've gotten used to hearing him uh, press upon you what would be. And you're able to check it against what scripture challenges it should be. And all of a sudden God's voice is a sweet whisper you're so used to hearing. And then Joseph in this case as he heard the whisper of the angel or maybe the thunder of the angel. We don't even really exactly know here. Um, it says he did as the, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Uh, Okay, so there is a bit of authority going on in that message, right? He said, fear not, you can marry her, right? But but there was authority in the statement, that's what you're to do. And so Joseph, well, he heard and he uh, followed through. It says he took his wife. And uh, this is really important to note here. It says, but he knew her not until she had given birth to the son. Now, we all know that it takes about nine months to have a baby, right? And he took a wife, well, and she hasn't had the baby yet. They didn't wait the whole year of betrothal. He said, I'm done with it. The whole point was to find out if there's faithfulness. This one is working with the God of the universe. I'm good with her. I'm moving the timeline up. I am marrying her. I am protecting her. I will bring her in the home. This one will be watched over and the little one within her will absolutely be protected. I've got this one, God. She's covered. Big deal. Okay. Huge responsibility as he brought it on. I'm telling you, the people around him were like, what are you doing? 
Do you understand what that woman has done to you? And now you speed up the timeline and yeah, sure. It's the Holy Spirit. Is it you, Joseph? Right? Can you imagine the questions that would come? And he's dealing with all of it responsibly, carefully, maturely, God honoring. It says that he took his wife. Notice it says, but he knew her not until. I'm not going to go into a lot of this, but hear me. Marry a virgin forever. And knew her not until. That's a big deal word, okay? Let the word teach you what's true. Don't take on church doctrine uh, that's just church tradition, okay? The doctrine should be formed from God's word. Uh, there was a time where Mary and Joseph are together. They knew each other. They had this relationship, intimacy, and they had children, okay? And we're told of brothers and we're told of family that Jesus has and knew her not until, okay? That one puts a bullet in the head of that bogus doctrine. Everybody got it? We are not here to be worshiping Mary. It is Jesus Christ and him crucified eventually, our Savior, God Almighty. Amen? Amen. Clear enough on that. Knew her not until... She had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus and he called his name Savior and he called his name the hope of all hopes. The God man in the flesh with us fixing everything. My king, Jesus Christ. That's what he named him as he held him up. Right. And he says this. I don't know if he really did this, but why not? This is Jesus, right? And people are like, Savior? Really? You're going to call him Savior? And Savior, Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 9, this one is our hope, our amazing hope. He will save his people from their sins. Praise be to God. That is what Joseph named him. I just wrote these names down. What a power close. He named him Savior, Messiah was his name, promised one, hope, uh, the king of kings, redeemer, Lord, the government will be on his shoulders, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, our hope, Jesus Christ, God become man, God among us, Im Anu El, God with us. May we worship him in this season. May we see Christmas. Yes, it's a great time to gather together and care for one another. But please, so much more. May our king be made much of. Christ is enough. It's always about him. May he be celebrated. And all of God's people said, now that's a Christmas focus through the eyes of Joseph. May we step out today saying, Lord, may I live for you and glorify you. Let's pray.